Blog Talk Radio. Close all university departments for black, Latino, women, gender, queer studies, and so forth as incompatible with science and dismiss its faculties as intellectual imposters or scoundrels. As well, demand that all affirmative action commissars, diversity and human resource officers from universities on down to schools and kindergartens be thrown out onto the street and be forced to learn some useful trade. Six, crush the anti-fascist mob. The transvaluation of all values throughout the West invention of ever more victim groups, the spread of affirmative action programs, and the relentless promotion of political correctness has led to the rise of an anti-fascist mob, tacitly supported and indirectly funded by the ruling elites. This self-described mob of social justice warriors has taken upon itself the task of escalating the fight against white privilege through deliberate acts of terror directed against anyone and anything deemed racist, right-wing, fascist, reactionary, incorrigible, or unreconstructed. Such enemies of progress are physically Good afternoon. This is Clifton Knox with Punching Left, joined by my co-host, David German. How are you doing, David? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. And our guest host today is Danny. Uh, Danny, I've known for a little while, and he has uh, quite a bit of knowledge on our topic today, which is uh, firearms, Second Amendment, gun issues. Uh, Danny's trained competition shooter, has competed in some, has competed in some, some uh, events, and also has quite a bit of experience with firearms and some knowledge about Second Amendment and conceal and carry. Danny, how are you doing? I am fantastic. I'm really excited and happy to be here. This is a subject that um, I take real serious and I'm fairly passionate about, so I'm expecting that this is going to be pretty decent. I'm ready to have a lot of fun. <laughs> well, me too, and I'm glad to know that you do take something serious. That's great. You know, I I know you outside of here for a little while, right? For several years right. now. So, yeah, yeah, you're you're kind of you have a t- you you could be kind of crazy sometimes, right? I yeah, I am a little crazy. I'm a little goofy, and um, but I think when it comes to uh, firearms and um, the Constitution, I I actually tend to tone it back a little bit, and I I, I, I'm, I like to have more serious conversations about it, because I think um, even though that there's a lot of people that live in the United States, um, there's a lot of them that don't understand the Constitution like they should, and there's a lot of things about firearms that people think are scary and bad and evil, and oh, they're so horrible, when actually they're really no different than they're just a tool in the toolbox. They're a screwdriver. They're a drill, you know. So, and that's kind of the angle that I come from about it. So. Okay. So, um, so uh, you notice that uh, everybody wants to talk about the evil AR-15 <laughs> gun, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes. So, the yeah. evil, the, the evil AR-15. Is this is this where we're starting at? The evil I, AR-15. I think so. I I, I think um, we need to, to to start with the AR. We're talking just a little bit about the AR-15 because I personally feel like it's a very much maligned uh, firearm. Um, it really is. Um, so here's the fascinating thing. Uh, when they outlawed the AR-15s, along with several other semi-automatic weapons. Um, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute, Danny. 
You didn't call it the, the you know, assault assault rifle. Oh no, I'm sorry, you misunderstood me. No, it's a semi-automatic <laughs> weapon. So let's first just break right on out. So <laughs> the thing is about assault rifles is, for the most part, i.e. in air quotation assault rifles, they don't exist. Um, what people call assault rifles and what actually is considered an assault rifle are way too different things. So for an assault rifle, it's select auto fire. That means you can go from a semi-automatic to a machine gun on the same firearm platform. Okay? Now pay attention how I said that. You can go from semi-automatic to machine gun on the same firearm platform. So one of the first things that we're going to not do tonight is guns are not called guns. Guns are firearms. So we'll get into that here in a little bit. But so if you want to get a machine gun, you want to purchase a machine gun that looks like a AR-15, an Armalite Model 15, um, what you have to do is first thing you're going to have to go through a uh, background check, of course, and then you're going to have to get something called a tax, a tax, tank, a tax stamp because they charge you extra taxes for owning a machine gun. Then what you're going to have to do which, which is... Which when you say machine gun, you, you mean a fully automatic firearm. Uh, yes, yes, a fully automatic firearm. That means you hold the trigger and it just keeps shooting. So your tax stamp is going to be... I can't remember exactly how much the last one I got was. I think they're they're either six or twelve hundred dollars. I still think they're six hundred dollars. That could be a total lie, and I may lie to you a lot. So hey, it happens. But and then at which point you have to locate and find one to purchase. Anybody that wants to go out, here's a challenge for those people that thinks that assault rifles go buy one. Just the firearm itself. Is in between seventeen and twenty thousand dollars. Wow. So, so David, what do you think about that? Seventeen to twenty thousand dollars for a fully automatic rifle. Um, those uh, poor criminals won't be able to afford that. <laughs> well, yeah, and keep they it, won't. And, and keep in mind, David, before you purchase that. You have to go through a complete, a more extensive background check than you've ever seen. And you have to get a tax stamp that's going to cost you money also. And that has to stay with that firearm at all times. Mm. So, yeah, that's, so uh, what do you think? Oh, go ahead, David. I'm sorry. That's fine. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, so, so what it. What's your reaction, Danny, when, when people say, well, if it weren't for those damn AR-15s, we wouldn't really have any school shootings? Bullshit? Well, or not. I'm <laughs> calling bullshit. Um, <laughs> look, AR, AR-15, AR-15 is simply it's simply a delivery platform for a 223, which is a caliber, and that happens to talk about the diameter of a bullet. Or seven point six five, which is a NATO round. You're talking about or the five slug five itself, five. not the actual, not not the actual case. Yeah. You say two, the two, thing, two, right? The thing that leaves the gun when you hear pew, which is one of my favorite sounds. I love pew. So when a yes. bullet leaves the rifle, it's just a bullet size. It's a delivery system. Um, Remington makes some. Uh, there's Colt makes some other ones. And Browning makes some. And there's all kinds of rifles out there that are semi-automatic. And they fire the two two three or the five five six round. Now, what we're clearly talking about is something that is scary, something that's easily to shoot, easy to train on. This is why the military adopted them uh, before Vietnam War. It's because they were easy. Well, just because a firearm is easy doesn't make it any 
more deadly or less deadly than a stock rifle. So in New York City, one of the things that they had to do is they couldn't have a pistol grip. Do they still have AR-15s in New York City? Yes, they do. They just have a really funky-looking shoulder grip, uh, shoulder rest on them that you can put your hand through. In California, one of the things with California laws is that you have to be able to use the bullet to eject a magazine. Why? What? Really? Okay. People talk about capacity. There's lots of videos out there. Several cops have talked about them. 30 round magazines. What's the What's the biggest clip you own? Yeah, uh, I have a I have a hundred round. It's a okay, it's really cool. it's kind of dual thing, and it's not a clip. You, you, clip. Thank you. It's <laughs> a magazine. So if we're gonna do this, strippers, <laughs> clips, fuckers. Anyway, clips. There are only about three guns in the world that use clips, and they're stripper clips. So what it is is a bullet set in a piece of bimetal, and that all gets shoved into the top of the gun that goes at that point into the magazine of the firearm because it doesn't have a detachable magazine. It's an internal magazine. And then the little metal piece goes, bing! You want me to do it again? Yeah, David. Put the bullets in, and it goes, bing! (laughs) David. I know how to trigger Danny. Yeah. <laughs> Not when you're talking about when you're talking about firearms, if you call it a clip, he gets all kinds of triggered instead of a magazine. Because everybody goes, "Oh, thirty round clips! Wow, I've never seen a thirty round clip. That's pretty damn impressive." Because <laughs> uh, there were five, there were five and eight rounds, and they used them, you know, during uh, World War Two and stuff like that. So. And that's that. So about the fire. So, so you could change. Here's here's some statistics that people may not realize. A trained shooter can go from his last shot, change a magazine, and to his follow-up shots in less than a second. And that's easy to teach. All it takes is a little bit of practice. So it's repetition, yeah. correct? Yeah, you know, why do people need large capacity magazines? Because they like to see stuff go poo, poo. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You know, I mean, how many people? Go ahead. Well, I I, okay. So, so the thing is, a lot of people don't realize. uh, Well, maybe some do, uh, some don't. Uh, that the the recent shooting, the one that happened last Friday in Santa Fe, uh-huh. um, that that particular individual, 17 year old who went to school there, uh, he did not have a, a semi-automatic rifle. He entered that school with a revolver and a shotgun. Not only did he get, the, not only did he steal those from his father, so background checks and so on would have made no difference in his case. Uh, but he also had no had no run-ins with the law, no indications of violent activity at school. He didn't bully kids. He wasn't bullied. He did nothing to anybody, and nobody did anything to him. And thirdly, uh, on top of that, uh, these are both firearms that. Nobody really talks about banning or trying to curb revolvers and shotguns, and he managed to kill ten people. Uh, so yeah. what is – now, I hear something loud in the background. That might be what we were talking oh, about that, earlier, Danny. I, I'm breathing I'm breathing heavy because I'm so excited about being on your show. <laughs> are, are you really? Wow. Yeah. Now, Steve, yeah. you got to get that under control, brother. Um, <laughs> so – so, so none of these firearms, uh, really. I mean, when you really look at all of them, look at all those factors. I mean, what does this show you? This shows you banning AR-15s isn't going to really make a difference. It also shows you that background checks wouldn't made a difference in this case. And it also okay. shows that you can't you can't always tell who's going to go into a public area and start shooting other people. There's like, no way like to France. predict it sometimes. Yes, like France. Okay. Well, my humble opinion, and you know how closely guarded I humbleize my opinions, um, uh, there's a couple things with this. Um, 
So the revolver, everybody goes, oh, well, and even you're kind of saying it, a revolver's not that big a deal. Well, you look at somebody like Jerry McClinic, Jerry McClinic, well, well, hold on. I'm not saying I'm not saying that oh. a revolver is not a big deal. What I'm well, saying no, though they, is that it's not an act. AR-15 either. With it's right. not an AR, right. it's not a semi-automatic rifle that's easy to reload either necessarily. That's I mean, exactly of right. course there there are speed loads and every speed you know you speed you get speed reloaders, but really honestly, even then, still five to six rounds typically. You know. Uh huh. Well, it's it's not an it's not a quote assault rifle. I guess I guess the point that I'm getting at is yes, no, it's not an assault rifle. As a matter of fact, no shootings have ever happened with an assault rifle. None. Not since they were. So here's fun fact. Are you ready for fun fact, David? Are you ready? Yes. When do you think have? When do you think machine guns were made not legal in the United States? Hmm. You can take a guess. I would, okay. I would, I would think. Remember the they monsters were, used they them. Were, right, but I would, I would think that they were, they were probably uh, made not legal in either the 30s or the 40s. David. Uh, 20s. Oh, actually, it was uh, 1936 to 1986. Okay. They were not and illegal, it, or they were illegal? Uh, that's when they became illegal, 1936 okay. to 1986. Then then you're able to get a a uh, stamp tag to own one. So if you want to look right. at it, it's the National Firearm Act of 1934, where... Right. The, they mandatory and strict the guidelines for the manufacturers and put in place owner's registration for machine guns. Yeah, the, the reason that they did that is because the, the, there was a lot of complaints by law enforcement about running up against these guys with, with basically Thompsons, fully automatic 50 caliber Thompsons, <laughs> now, uh, now which was a serious problem. Now, here, let's look at it. Now, I think what we need to do is I think what we need to do about firearms and all the problems that they cause is let's make a law that makes them illegal. Mm-hmm. Then it'll all be fixed because criminals follow the law? Mm-hmm. They sure do. Okay, so no matter what they do, it's not going it'll the only reason the only way it'll affect the common law abiding citizen from owning whatever firearm they want to own, um, the criminals will still have them. It doesn't matter what laws they put in place. What's something that's illegal now? Ooh, ooh, cocaine. Cocaine's illegal. It's against the mm-hmm. law. How easy, sure it is. How easy is cocaine to get a hold of? Imagine if um, you really wanted It's not that hard to find. It'd be my guess. Yeah, I'm thinking the same thing. So let's look at things that kill people. Um, cars. Well, well you know. he, okay, but, but let's but let, let's let's um, let's take things from a from a different angle for a second. Okay. All right, because we 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 all pretty much agree, and, and a lot of people do. I mean, they they agree that if you make something illegal, the only people who typically are going to have it are people who are willing to break the law to have it. The people I who really aren't willing to break really the law. People really believe that. Well, a lot of people people do. Most there, I I think there are people out there that really think, oh, if we make this law, it'll fix everything. Well, what they think think is, is, no, what they think, Danny, is, is that they will, it will limit the amount. If if it's not available to the general public, it'll make it harder for criminals to get it, and it doesn't. It actually, it makes it, in my opinion, in some cases, it makes it easier for them to get, uh, because then it goes totally black market and underground. And there's no pretense. There's no serial numbers. People stop doing things like that, and you have homemade, you know, homemade firearms and things showing oh, up to, out oh. of nowhere. So they start manufacturing them outside of outside of public purview. But I guess okay. the, the angle that I wanted to take on this that that has nothing to do with making it illegal, as far as oh, only criminals. That, that argument is there. But let's let's just say for just a moment, let's make a crazy assumption that they're correct. 
We make firearms illegal tomorrow, all of them, and take okay. them away from it. Okay. So what does that say, though, about the guy, for instance, in France last year uh, during their their yep. World War II victory celebration that took a, 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 a freight truck and ran it through a crowd of people, killing nearly 100 people, and then jumped out with what is essentially short swords and began stabbing and, and killing people with his swords. Well, there's lots of cases of those around the world that happens all the time. Russia had a Yeah, problem there was a guy in China. There was a guy in China yeah. who went into a school with a knife and yep. killed 23 people before they could stop him. Yeah, so here's, here's the thing. You know, you, know uh, you don't even have to stop and load knives. That's the great thing about them. Well, yeah, they're always loaded. Um, here's, the, mm-hmm. here's the thing. So criminals and, okay, and people that are not right in the head because to murder anybody, let's just be real honest. If you're going to go out and, and openly murder somebody, I, whatever your beliefs are, there's something wrong with you. Okay, if you're just going to go out and commit murder, there's something wrong with you. Can we agree on that? That there's somebody sure. screwed up in the head. I mean, and, yeah. And so if if you're going to go do this, you're going to go. Well, what can I use? I need to murder ten people. What should I do? Um, I got knives. I got sticks. I got hammers. Now, here's the other big problem with that. Has anybody paid attention to? the locations of all these mass shootings. Ah, let me help you go out. Ahead and, go ahead they and were, point it out. They were in gun-free zones. So, sure. All schools all schools are gun-free zones. Right. The movie theater, Ed, gun-free zones. Yeah. The office building. David? Yeah. Well, wait a minute. Dave, David, do you have any anything you'd like to add to this as far as anything that we've been, been discussing so far? Um, is it true that places with strict gun laws don't have shooting problems? Ah, strict gun laws don't have shooting problems. Um, yeah, that's pretty, <laughs> that's pretty true. There's a, there's a town in Georgia and it made the news, uh, just this last week. I can't remember the name of the town, but 10 years ago they said, Hey, everybody in town has to have a firearm. Before that they had like five or six murders a year. They've had one in ten years. So well, what about here what about gun? What about strict firearm laws that that take guns away from people, though? Uh, well, then then you're at the point where what you're making is a whole bunch of soft targets. You guys are upstanding citizens with questionable morals. I'm going to just say that. So let's say <laughs> that you decided. Let's say that you decided one day that you wanted to rob a store at gunpoint, okay? You walk up to one store, and it says, everybody with firearms are allowed, and everybody has a firearm in the store. Uh, You go to the next store, and it's a gun-free zone. This is what we call a soft target. Which one, if you're going to do a crime, uh, Clifton, if you're going to do a crime, which store are you going to (laughs) choose? Oh gee, I don't know. Which okay. one's the donut shop? Which, which one's the donut shop, Danny? Where all they the cops don't have are. donuts, Cliff. Are you going to choose uh, the soft target or the target that you might die at? Um. Hmm. Well, I, maybe I'll die in both of them, but I'm going to take. I'm going to choose the one that I have the least chance of dying in. I'm going to go to the one that doesn't have have any guns in it. Right, David. Uh. Yeah, what Clifton said. Okay. See, that's the biggest problem um, with all these shootings is that is their soft targets. And with not only the shootings, but with knifings, with child abduction, with any of these problems, there's a lot of other problems that schools have. Um, I was also reading an article, uh, it was a couple months ago, where a school had security and the coaches were allowing people to bypass security and the school system backed the coach and said he can do what he wants to, but the security can't say anything about it. Right then and there, 
they put themselves in serious risk. No one's checking them. No one's frisking them. You know, everybody, what's the first thing you hear about some of these mass shootings and the people that did it? Oh, my gosh, the guy was so nice. I would have never thought he'd have done anything like this. You know, serial killers, they say the same thing about this isn't going to be, you're not not going to be able to stand across the street and go, yep, that guy over there, he's going to do a mass shooting. You you don't know what the people's heart find. Well, well, I think I think one of the things you have to look at here, though, it, the one thing that almost all of these people have in common, first of all, is the majority of them are on some sort of medication for mental health issues. We'll start there. And a lot of times on these on these medications, if you look at the side effects, some side effects actually talk about um, they could possibly bring on psychosis and some other some other very disturbing. Disturbing side effects, you know, mental health. They actually can exacerbate mental health issues. And, and then another thing that, that, believe it or not, and I think this is something that nobody's talking about at all, that we should all be discussing and talking about. And I hear some really loud noise in the background there, somebody. Oh, that uh, would be. Uh, okay, so it's uh, almost like it sounds like a car going by, um, but. One of the things that nobody's talking about is that of all the mass shootings we've had over the last two or three years, about half of them have either been immigrants in these shootings or they have been the children of immigrants. Uh, now, did that's you a, say half? That's a, yeah, half. And and this is also backed up by a recent uh, some stuff that Ann Coulter recently wrote in which she pulls statistics on it and shows that roughly half of all the shootings, mass mass killings that are taking place in the United States, perpetrated by immigrants or the children of immigrants. So first and okay, second well, generation immigrants. And when you say half, what that means to most people that maybe don't pay as close attention to the news as some of us do, and I'm just adding this for extra information. When Clifton says half, he's actually talking about. Um, so you only hear about probably a quarter of the mass shootings. That happened right. in the United States. So the media only right. they only talk about the ones that are good for them. So there are I know I know I can think of at least two that happened and the media said, Oh hey, there's a mass shooting day. Well moving on. Well, Bill, how's look, the weather? Well 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 the, the the issue here is though, is that if you look for instance, I'll give you an example. In the ones where they're so bad, they're so horrific they can't ignore it. Uh, the shootings that took place at the Army base, I believe it was in Texas. Was it Fort Hood? Yep, yep. Fort Hood. All right. Yep. He was, he was an immigrant. Also, the shootings at the Florida nightclub, in which 50 Don't people were Don't forget about California. That's right. Um, and yep. so, so what you'll find is, is that, um, that it's, a, it's a real serious problem, and, and we're importing a lot of people. Uh, when I say importing, the government is importing by allowing illegals to cross the border without any sort of checks and just allowing anybody to come over. We, are ha- we have a lot of people who are coming over who have mental health issues and or past criminal records. And this is the result of not reigning in illegal immigration, a lot of it. Now, so in some cases, some of this stuff is, is legal immigrants, but I don't think that it's probably too far out of control in those cases. Um, in most cases, these are these are people who are, are illegal immigrants in a lot of cases, or or their parents were, and they were born here, and so they're not. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so so I think that that, that you know uh, there are a lot of issues at play here, um, but you know going back to firearms themselves, uh, you've done some competition shooting. Can you share with us uh, some of what that what that entails? What it means to prepare to be a competition shooter? What are your what do your competencies need oh, to be? Uh, what what, um, what what sort of um, what sort of capability should you have in order to be competitive? And what what would be considered to be uh, to be competitive in one of these? You know, in order for you to come in and say at least second or third place in a competition shooting, what what should you be capable of, of doing performance wise? Uh, you should be capable of spending a lot of time going pew, pew, pew. Um, <laughs> well, I can do that now, but do you need to, like, hit a target or something? Um, yeah. Okay, so if you want to get into competition shooting, 
The first thing you want to do is you want to get the rule book. You want to find out what the rules are. You want to make mm-hmm. sure you have a safe. Well, I'm more, I'm more interested in the amount of prepar- preparation and the types of stuff that you do. I mean, I understand about you know wanting to do it. But oh. I want to know like what, what okay. kind of things have you done in order to prepare, so, and, and what sort of performance are you looking to 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 have in a competition? So I'm looking for my first. So I'm looking for my first shot when the buzzer goes to be on target in less than three seconds. So okay. that's draw. That's draw on site and fire. Um, that's one of the most important things: clearing your holster safely and making your first shot. Then also, why you? So if, for those people that haven't seen any competition shooting, um, you can. There's a couple organizations out there: USPSCA. I think I said that right. I might have not have. But anyway. If you YouTube it, you'll see some very fine shooters that train a lot. You're talking to be really super competitive like you're talking about, Cliff. You're talking about mm-hmm. shooting uh, maybe a 1,000 rounds a week so you can get used to the firearm, all the safety mechanisms, the being safe with it, knowing uh, what's behind it, knowing the rules. And then one of the other things is never stand still and shoot your targets. Always shoot your targets on the move. And I think that's really good advice for... Now, I don't know a lot about conceal and carry. I The reason I don't speak to it, because there's a lot of rules in our state that apply to it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to steer anybody wrong. If you want to conceal and carry, go get firearm training. If you're a well, first-time... Well, I guess... Fire, well, how how long have you? I mean, before we go off into conceal and carry, how how long have you been have you been doing the the competition shooting training? Um, probably about seven eight years. Seven eight um, years. So, um, but before that, but before that, we did um, persistent hunting. We did um, just target practice for the kids because it's a really mm-hmm. good confidence builders for young kids. They're able to take something that's perceived to be very, very dangerous, which at that point, if you not, you know, a child with a firearm is a bad idea, uh, but a child, right. a child with a firearm and they're being properly trained on how to use it, how to be safe, it gives them a real confidence booster. And I had all girls and all my daughters can shoot. And they're very fine. Uh, they're very, you know, accurate and they're very safe with firearms. Um, so it's a confidence builder. Okay. All right. Thank you, David. Um, do you have any questions for Danny? Going uh, you want to revisit or anything you want to talk about as far as the, you know, go the next few minutes. Anything that you want to go over with him? A common uh, gun control argument is that the um, Second Amendment only applied to muskets. No. Um, so the Second Amendment. It says the right to keep and bear arms. It doesn't really talk about an arms. That was the arm of the day. There's lots of things in the Constitution, if you go through all of it, that they gave us the opportunity to change it, and also it was meant for the future. Um, to keep and bear arms, what is an arm? You know, it's a firearm. So it didn't say to it keep and bear arms. It could be a sword. Muskets. A sidearm? It's Mm-hmm. Now, this is why you guys are seeing the common thing here. You have sidearms, firearms. These are arms. These are weapons that are used to kill. Okay? But, but you realize that the Second Amendment doesn't necessarily just apply to firearms. It says no, arms. I mean, that doesn't. could be swords. That could be yeah. knives. That could be hammers. That could be guns or firearms. It, it could, could be all be kinds anything. of things. Anything that could be used. Right. Right. And, and those are to form a legal militia. A constitutional militia. Huh? Did you say illegal militia? No. A, a legal You said a, a legal militia. Okay, yeah, go ahead. A, consti- a constitutional militia. Now, so what is a militia? What, what do you think a militia is, David? Uh, a group of people who um, form a uh, group to... Um, 
fight uh, in defense or against something. Sure. I like that. Uh, Cliff? Well, I, I think of a militia as citizens who, who basically form up into uh, some sort of, you know, uh, uh, military, not a, not a permanent military, a temporary military, in order to stave off tyrants or even foreign invaders. But essentially, it's it's made of the, the citizens of the country or the civilians, not not a professional military force. And and in both of these, you guys are exactly right. So I forget when the date was, but it was the same time that the National Guard came in order. What happened was each of these states had their state militias. And they renamed them to the National Guard. So your National Guards now are your are your militias. Now there are a couple places where militias got a bad name from, but I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of places, like I think the state of Missouri has one, where they're a constitutional militia, and they're not really mm-hmm. they're not all full of craziness, and they they go out and they try to help like during tornadoes and Joplin and stuff like that. But they had big tornadoes. Well, so. well, Danny, you realize though that the, the National Guard gets a paycheck, uh, and yes. they they drill and, and work part time. So to a certain yes. extent, they're actually professional because they get yes. paid for what they do. They're not they, technically they, are, a, they don't technically meet the meet the definition of an actual militia of a constitutional militia. No, they don't. But they came from constitutional militias. They. Sure, but they're really more or less uh, state state armies, right? And I think that is there is there a need for a constitutional a militia? Sure, I, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think I think militias got a bad name a few years ago. Um, you know, like during the eighties and nineties, they got kind of a bad well, name. I, but I I think I'm they got a bad name by the same crowd. I think they got a bad name from the same crowd that dislikes AR-15s and dislikes firearms in general. They dislike militias because these are people out practicing use of their firearms and organizing for self-defense. And there's a lot of people out there on the coasts and in different like in places like <laughs> Illinois that, that don't like the idea of that at all. No, they don't. Um, um, so um, let's touch base on something real quick, Cliff. Since I made a big deal of it, and I made you stop using the term uh, firearm and gun. Can we touch base with that real quick? Because sure. it's on my brain. So one of the reasons I want people to start calling it a firearm instead of a gun, because if you, let's say that you are concealing carry, open carry, and things like that, and you are pulled over by a law enforcement officer in his duties and his job, okay, a legitimate stop and everything like that and you look at him and you go I have a gun <laughs> law enforcement law enforcement is trained to react to gun that's how they're trained I mean and justifiably doing so so if law abiding citizens call them firearms it makes them more at ease because I have a firearm and then you'll hear from the law enforcement officer in in most of the cases of the officers I've talked to, you'll hear, okay, no problem, we'll address that. But if you say gun, it's an, it's almost like an uh, instant response in their training. So that's why sure. I, that's why I wanted to mention that. Well, and, right. I, and now I think now it's talking about that. I think it would be a good time to go into conceal and carry. We're 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 already well over halfway through through this hour. Um, on the conceal and carry, now I know that you said that you don't really speak to that a lot. Um, now right. I have been through the process on conceal and carry, and and for Missouri, uh, it's a funny state because uh, it's been open carry for a long time. However, um, there they deferred to the municipalities and the counties on their laws regarding uh, firearm possession, and now right. in the last couple of years they passed constitutional carry. And constitutional right. carry in Missouri uh, means that uh, it actually overrides municipal laws under certain circumstances. Uh, you're allowed to have a concealed carry um, or even an open carry firearm as long as the barrel – as long as the firearm is not longer than 16 inches uh, in any city, and, there's, and their laws do not apply to you. So the state law overrides municipal laws. 
So right. you can actually conceal and carry even in cities where they don't want conceal and carry. And you can open carry. If you have a conceal and carry permit, you are allowed to open carry in those municipalities, whether they have laws against open carry or not. Yes, this is a, a very true statement. Now, with saying that, and Cliff explained it very well, I am going to tell you, as a responsible firearms owner, that you need to be really careful. You need to look at the law really carefully. Now, if you have your conceal and carry permit, you can have a knife that is over three inches long in your pocket as your, as your everyday carry, and you are perfectly fine. If you do not have your conceal and carry license and you're just going by the state constitutional change, you cannot have that knife. If you go into a school and you are concealing carry under the constitutional carry and you do not have a concealing carry license and you get out of your car and you take your gun out because we're responsible firearms owners, you take your firearm out and you put it in your lockbox, your safe location, in your vehicle, like all of us would do, you have now broken a law if you're a constitutional carrying versus concealing carry. So, with that said, I instruct you to know the laws of your state, to get good training, and know the law before you actually go do it. Well, this is why, Danny, I tell people not to rely on constitutional carry. That while no. while it's kind of neat, you really need – if you want to carry a firearm, you really need to go ahead and get a conceal and carry. And, and there's something else there, though, that, that you have to think about. Um, a lot of states do not uh, – they don't have constitutional carry, and they have much stricter gu- uh, firearm laws than you, than Missouri does. So if right. you were to carry your firearm into their state, you could be in violation of several felonies. Just even having a firearm in the trunk of your car could be a felony in some states. Yeah. But if you have a yeah. conceal and carry and that state reciprocates your conceal and carry, uh, then you're not going to go to prison over it. Whereas there was an individual who went into New Jersey from Pennsylvania, and the laws were different, and they had a shotgun in their trunk, and they got pulled over, and the police officer searched their trunk, found the shotgun, and charged them with a felony. And they almost went to prison over but they got pardoned by the president. So I would highly recommend that uh, people who want to ha- carry firearms around get a conceal and carry permit. Yeah. Um, and it's really no, not that difficult. In Oklahoma, we recently passed constitutional carry. Okay. And so what is – do you notice anything interesting about that about that law, David? Um, permitless uh carry you don't have to get a permit to carry around a gun is it concealing any... carry so yeah constitutional concealing carry or just constitutional carry uh just constitutional carry okay so you probably have to open carry yeah okay okay you know and, and when we're talking about firearms check your local statute check your state statutes Find out, find out the law. Know the law before you go. Make sure you're, you know, just I don't want anybody. I think everybody in the United States, if you're a voter, should have a firearm. I think it should be required. But I think everybody needs a qualified training. And a great way to train for your conceal and carry is take your conceal and carry weapon, go shoot competition with it. Because they do real-world sure. scenarios. They do – you shoot sure. from behind a the table. They, there's all kinds of scenarios that they do. You run and gun. It's the funnest thing. If you like the sound of pew, well, pew, pew, it's the funnest <laughs> thing you'll do. It's, it's a blast. Well, Danny, one of the things – and you, you make a good point. Uh, there are a lot of people who go out and they buy – they per, they get a, they purchase a firearm. They have pistols for conceal and carry. They go to the training, they do their background check, they get their conceal and carry permit, and then they yep. go and they shoot at a range every weekend. And then yep. something happens where they, can't move. they need to they, – well, something happens. They need to, to uh, use their, their firearm for protection, 
And when they go to do it, it's not that either they freeze, but a lot of times what will happen is, for instance, I've seen where guys uh, would try to go and remove their – pull their firearm out, and they would get – they'd grab a hold of their shirt at the same time. And yeah. they couldn't – you know, they couldn't get – just different problems uh, because you, you haven't actually – the only training that you've done is actually pulling the trigger and aiming. You haven't done any training regarding getting, getting yourself prepared – for an incident right what happens um, between the time you see the person who's attacking you and the time you get the firearm out of its holster and into a position to actually use it is the problem yep and people and overlook exactly this right. all the time and you're exactly right the other thing that they overlook is how much ammunition do they carry cliff here's a funny question when you conceal and carry how much ammo do you have i never carry more than a magazine's worth usually so, okay. uh, so if I have a, a, a like a ten round magazine, then I just carry one magazine worth of ammo. I don't usually carry multiple magazines. Okay, funny story for you. Uh, there was a gentleman, and of course, because of my brain, I can't remember exactly where this happened at. It's an actual thing that happened. I heard someone, I heard a firearms instructor talking about it. So here's a gentleman. He's got a Glock. He's got three magazines, they're 17 rounds each, and he goes to the range every weekend, and he gets great. He can hit his target, and he stands there at the line, and he shoots, okay? So you have a criminal that has two or three guns in the front seat of the car, tons of ammunition because he's running from the cops, and he gets in behind this, this gentleman, and they have like a fender bender, and the guy gets out and just immediately gets out of the car and starts shooting at him. He still has his concealed and carry firearm on his side. So he lays down in his seat and he tries to shoot back. And then he's partially out of his car and he's trying to shoot back. He's out of ammo. He grabs his other magazine. He puts his magazine in. This guy's still walking towards the car, just openly shooting and reloading slowly. This guy clears out. When he gets to his third magazine, he's like, crap, I'm on my third magazine. What do I do? He finally hits the guy once, and he gets up and he starts running to distance to distance himself from the shooter, which is sometimes you have to decide when to flee. So he was fleeing. He was shot three times. He had two rounds left in his gun, and the guy got in his car and he took off. So... There's another decision you have to make when you conceal and carry. And the other thing is, the problem with that is when Cliff and I, when Cliff talks about training, um, he'll probably agree with me. Never train standing still. Always train yeah. moving and shooting. Because if, it's a, not a good if, idea. You're in a situ- if you're in a situation where you have to draw your firearm, what are you going to do? You're going to stand there and go, hey, hey, hang on a second. Let me get my gun out. And this is what Cliff was talking about. Let me get my gun out. Okay. My, all right. My, my feet are shoulder-width apart. Just a second before you shoot at me. Um, let me see. I got my arms. <laughs> oh, let me get my safety okay. turned off. Oh, yeah. Oh, I need my safety. Oh, sorry. Hang on. I got to get my magazine in it. Okay. And can you stand right there? Okay. <laughs> Take a deep breath and squeeze the trigger. It's not going to go down like that. It's going to be done. Right. It's going it, to be done in your, you know, four or five seconds. Um, it's going to yeah, happen and, extremely and fast. I carry, Danny, I carry one one magazine. Uh, we'll I might, if on a revolver, on a revolver, I might carry um, we'll, we'll, we'll change one speed load. Well, well, the reason why is I'm not, apparently this guy was shooting back and he couldn't really see who he was shooting at. It's, uh, uh, you know, one of the things, first of all, first of all, one of the things is, you don't want to just start randomly pulling pulling the trigger, just trying to hope, you know, throwing throwing lead in the air, hoping that you're going to hit something. <laughs> you can't see your target. If you can't see your target, don't pull the trigger. This is the other thing. Okay, so, so I only keep – okay, and my mentality is I'm not trying to shoot everybody around me. I should only have right. probably one target. Mm-hmm. So 10 rounds. If I can't hit him in 10 rounds, I probably need to leave. Yeah, and that's exactly right. So, everybody, it's within the earshot of my voice. Get training 
get training, get training, qualified instructor, and enjoy the pew, pew, pew. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think the big thing is, is that uh, you... You have to consider the fact that you it, really what it comes down to partially is a cool head. Always, you know, and, and one of, one of the problems with one of the things that training helps you do is to possibly keep a cool head. So the right, more you train for a scenario, the less likely you are to freak out and do what this guy did, which was unload three magazines worth of rounds and hit the guy one time and then get shot twice or three times. Yeah, and still have to run so, away. It's, and and the interesting thing here, for you guys that are listening and girls that are listening, um, one of the one of the training things that I do to prepare, um, Cliff asked this earlier, and one of them I do is I do push-ups, and then I have the firearm in front of me, and I'll I'll grab the firearm and jump to my feet, and I'll hit two targets, and I'll move, and I'll shoot two targets, and then I'll drop down and I'll do push-ups again. That's to get your heart rate going and to get your adrenaline going. Shooting under the influence of adrenaline and learning how to control that adrenaline is extremely important. It also helps in you not freezing, because some people, when they get really all this adrenaline, they can't think, they can't focus. You know, the other thing you should do under adrenaline is you should practice loading your magazine. You should put it in the firearm and eject it out. Put it in the firearm, grab another one, put it out. You know, training, training, training by qualified instructors. All right. Well, we're getting we're we're just about out of time. I want to make sure that David has a chance to ask a couple questions before we wrap this today. David, you have any questions or any points you'd like to make? Um, maybe that uh, uh, if we convince the uh, uh, I think society might be better off if we convince the um, uh, weed people that the gun people are okay. And the gun people that the weed people are okay. <laughs> wow. Could be, could be right. Could so, be. Could be right. Yeah. I, 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 I took be. that from. I'm not a big on the weed thing, which is, it's just if uh, get people to get both sides for freedom on both sides, then uh, I got that from Pendulet. <laughs> I do like that. Right. That's pretty good. Right. One of my favorites. One of my favorites along the same lines. Uh, so if you remember a few months ago when the Democrats were uh, were up in arms, oh hold on a second, about- guys, guys, we have a caller on the line. I want to bring him in real quick. We're almost out oh, of okay. time. Let's grab this call real fast. All right, can, uh, we have a caller on the line. Up, oh, they dropped off on me. I no, tried no. to pick up. Call back. Yes, they can call back. We still have a few minutes if they want to call back in anyway, to do talk to us. I thought it was really funny. Uh, is the anti-gunners? They were oh, screaming they and yelling. Oh, go ahead. All right, so Hello? we have a caller on the line. Hi, who is this? Hi, I've been listening to you guys talk, and um, I was thinking Danny seems to know a lot about uh, gun safety and about learning to where, where did he learn to shoot? Where was he first exposed to <laughs> firearms? Let me, let me let me ask you a question real fast. What, what's your name? My name's Carmen. Okay, Carmen, go ahead, Danny. Well, the fascinating thing about it, I learned to shoot firearms from <laughs> my mom and my dad when I was extremely, extremely young. And uh, so it was a family tradition that's been passed down earlier. I talked about learning to shoot for hunting and we were grew up sharecroppers and we had to get rid of coyotes and we got some of our food this way. And it was Did you uh, walk up, did you walk my, to school uphill in the snow with shoes made out of cardboard ten miles each <laughs> actually, way? Actually I did ride a short bus though. But no, it was uh, <laughs> it was my mom. It was my mom that always put a healthy uh, and my dad that put a uh, healthy respect to firearms and and the safety. We had firearms in the house when I was a kid, which they don't do now, and we all knew not to mess with them. So that's where I got my beginnings at, ma'am. Well, I was I was just wondering because you seem so knowledgeable, and I just got curious. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, thanks, thanks, Carmen. You have any? Uh, da- you have any other questions for anybody else, Carmen? No, no. I was just interested in this guy, Danny. No, all right. Well, I appreciate that quite a bit. We, we appreciate anybody that calls into the show. Okay. Well, you Thank guys you. carry on. All right. Thank you very much. You're welcome. All right. So, so uh, listen. Um, we're down to the last four minutes, so here's where we're going to – hopefully you guys are ready because we do this usually every episode. We, we pick our uh, dirty commie bastard, so we have to make it quick. As always, I love that song. All right, so my my dirty commie bastard, of course, is the hawkster, dog. He's still at it out there, still still plugging away, still trying to get people to take firearms away from everybody. So that's my dirty commie bastard for this week. David, you have one or? Uh, well, I haven't really seen any leftist activity too much i don't watch much of the news but i'll just pick bill maher just for the sake of it because he's a retard he is a retard and i gotta be honest with you uh bill is his show real time is kind of what we use as the model a little bit for this show except we're on the right so and he is a dirty commie bastard danny do you have any idea who your dirty commie bastard is this week? can i go with miss pelosi you can i know she's been mentioned before and I think that's because she's like huge anti-gunner, and she hates freedom. And no, I mean the, the stuff that comes out of her mouth is. I mean, I'm really surprised that she doesn't have a toilet tied around her neck because she talks a lot of shit. <laughs> a lot of shit. Yeah. And 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 I she's think, not very bright. Well, no. and the other thing is, didn't she have something to do with California? And their economy yeah, is such. She's from California. Fan, and their economy out there is such a fantastic state. They could do it all yeah. by themselves without any federal input. Wait, aren't they like seriously broke? Anyway. Yeah, yeah, David, you have something you want to add real quick before we wrap? Pelosi's son said he wished he was a Honduran at the at the border. Oh, I, I yeah. wish she was too. I wish he was in that big group that tried to come up that we looked at and went, nah. satisfying to watch Nancy Pelosi get deported to Honduras, I can tell you. All right, it would be so, so here, we, here we go. We're going to wrap this show, guys. It's been This has been a lot of fun. I think we hit on a lot of things tonight. Um, great to have you on. You're very knowledgeable on this topic. And hopefully maybe we can have you back on again sometime if you if you feel so inclined. I I would be I would be honored to be on. And uh again, last thing I want to say is for your firearms, training, 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 train yourself and tell all your friends there are no such thing as assault rifles. That they cost lots mm-hmm. of money to buy. Thank you. All right. All right, David, any, anything you'd like to throw in there the last, the end? Um, physically remove gun control advocates. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'm with you, with you. physically remove well, now, them, right? Wait well, a minute, we're, we're out of time, Danny. We're, we're out oh, of time, no. buddy. We're down can to we our do last minute. So we're, uh, we uh, probably can, but we're we're wrapping now, so... I wish you guys a good afternoon, good evening, and and thanks for all the fun. All right. Thank you.
Thank you. 